This is the sound of the staff here at Focus on the Family Canada every weekday morning at 9 a.m. Petitioning God for those with crisis in their marriage, for those who want to become better parents, and those who are lifting up loved ones to the hope that one day they will know the salvation that Christ has to offer. We'd love to hear from you too. Call us today with your prayer requests at 1-800-A-FAMILY or email us at prayer at FOTF.ca. I've had Picture Smart and Music Smart Children say to me, Dr. Kathy, I knew I was talented and creative and artistic, but I didn't know I was smart. I thought my brother was the smart one. Jim, it changes their whole perspective on the giftings and on their tomorrows. A great observation from our guest on the last Focus on the Family radio program. That's Dr. Kathy Cook, and she's back again to share more insights on what she calls the multiple intelligences that we all have. I'm John Fuller, and your host is Focus president and author Jim Daly. Uh, John, Dr. Kathy Cook, uh, she shared some really remarkable material last time as we looked at the eight different types of smarts. That's an easier way to say what you just said. And uh, that's the title of her book, Eight Great Smarts. And we're going to cover more of that today. If you missed the program last time, I'd encourage you to get the CD, get the download, um, get it on your smartphone. That's an easy way to listen, to focus on the family. Just get the uh, app and you can hear it on your own time and at your own pleasure. But I am really thrilled to have Kathy back on the program today. And she is a very popular speaker. Uh, she's an author. She's written a number of books. And Jim, pretty much every time we have Dr. Cook here, we have a lot of response from listeners who are saying that really uh, was something I could take and apply in my own parenting situation right today. It's true. And I think it's because her heart is so big for children. Mm-hmm. And you know what? We Christian parents... Our hearts are big for our kids, too. And what Kathy does so wonderfully is she opens up our understanding of how God has wired us, our personality, our giftedness, our talents. And you know, as parents, sometimes it can irritate us to see kids acting in different ways from us. And we're going to give you tools today to calm down, recognize this uh, genius in your children, and let it blossom. Kathy, welcome back to Focus. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. Uh, Hey, we were talking last time about the eight types. We kind of went through them real quickly. Um, We covered body smart, and we did that one pretty well. Let's turn to the other seven now. Let's start with school smarts. I think you Mm -hmm. define it as word and logic. Um, I know as a father of two teenagers, word and logic seems to be not part of the vocabulary. (laughs) So what do I got to do? Yeah, first let me say that the reason I call those school smarts is that we talk, read, listen, write, and ask and answer questions all day long in school. And so children who have more brain cells for these two smarts will find school a friendlier, easier, more successful place to be. And yet all of us know people who were very successful in school and are flunking life. And vice versa. And vice versa, which is evidence that all eight matter. So if you want to raise... um, quote unquote, good kids, kids who enjoy life, kids who embrace life, kids who have a successful life, make sure that you awaken, strengthen, focus, and train all eight. And yet I understand the heart of the dad and the mom this time of the year in particular, possibly, is that school smart focus of word and logic. You know, kids who aren't very logic smart, for instance, will really struggle with vocabulary, possibly, if they're not very word and logic. But what if they're very picture smart? We can let them draw the definition. What if we have these kids draw an apartment building, a condo, a house, a ranch style, home, a factory? What if we have them draw a cul-de-sac, a highway, a street, 
right? And we prove through the drawing that they understand the differences. What if we could correct that and say that was well done? And parents can help kids study at home with those smarts that they have more brain cells in, even if they go back to school on Tuesday and take a written vocabulary test. Your son who is picture smart, when having to write out the definition of apartment building, will remember, oh, wait, I do that taller and wider with all kinds of windows. That's the building that a lot of people live in in independent units and they pay rent to somebody. That will work for these kids. I mean, that's unbelievable. And I, I've not experienced that because I don't believe uh, I've hit that as a parent. How about you, John? Have you- uh, as you're talking, Dr. Cook, I'm thinking about uh, my youngest, who is pretty word smart, but uh, he memorizes by looking at the list. Uh, oh. We'll be going through schoolwork this past last school year. We're checking Latin, and so he's he wants to know the order that they're all in because mm. he's got it figured out. There are pictures of the words in his mind of what that uh, study list is. So I think you're onto something that just uh, might help me there. That's great. And here's another one. What if a kid isn't very word, but is very music? How do we spell Mississippi? Yeah, with a tune. M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I. And you will never not know that. The ABCs, the books of the Bible in order by song. (laughs) Music is very powerful for long-term memory. So if you're parenting a child without a lot of word and logic and they're struggling with math facts and spelling and the order of events for history test, they can put it to song and they'll take that test and hum the song and they'll do much better. That's effective. And even if a teacher doesn't understand this and doesn't assign that, when parents and grandparents teach this to their children, children can go off into their room and they can make up a song because they've been empowered to be smart the way that they're created to be smart. It's I laugh because I'm thinking of how many times in my 20s and 30s people would say, which comes first, a Q or an R? And I'd start A, B, C, D. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's how much rhythm is in that. Sure. Hey, sure. the other thing that I love about the book, and we're going to continue into the other uh, traits, the other smarts, but is this idea of character challenges you mm. might have with that particular bent or that particular yeah. smart. Mm. So with the school smart child, what are those um, character challenges that you might find? Great question. You know, those of us who are word smart, we can gossip, tease, name call. So you use words to destroy. Exactly. We use a gift from God for harm. We um, we always want to have the last word, or we could impress someone with our vocabulary. So anything well done, badly done is not well done. We need to be really careful of that. Um, the logic smart kids, um, one of the strengths that we have when we're logic smart is solving problems. But guess what? We can also create problems for other people to solve if we're logic smart. We can also often figure out how to get into trouble and not get caught. Because we're logical and we think ahead and we reason our way towards something. So for that parent that has that child, I mean, and I would think these are the honor roll kids for the most part. Mm -hmm. You know, you put the bumper sticker on and we're really praising their academic ability, their verbal ability, their vocabulary. But there is that danger they will either become or maybe already are verbal attackers. Mm -hmm. How do we uh, recognize the gift and then say, but Johnny... But, Mary, here's what you got to do with other people that maybe struggle here. Play that out for us. What does that parent do to recognize they got brilliance in a certain area, but at the same time it comes with a weakness? Mm-hmm. This is why I wrote in the book so much about developing the character, developing the heart along with the mind. And what's very interesting, Jim and John, about school smart kids, if I can call them that, those who find school easier to be, they sometimes don't feel they need character. 
They don't need to learn to persevere. They don't need to be diligent. They don't need to be teachable and to ask for help because it all comes easily to them. And then the day that they're struck by something that's challenging and difficult, now they feel stupid all of a sudden and they don't know how to handle it. And that's when the misbehavior will often ramp up mm. because of the stress that's internally within. So if you are raising these kids who find school a safer place to be, you must establish the dialogue about character in, immediately when they're young so that they don't put all of their eggs in the basket of brain because right. one day they may not feel as smart as they are feeling today. They're going to find out somebody is smarter and then they're going to want to be egotistical and prideful and competitive and judgmental and you're not going to want that kid. Mm-hmm. So we talk about character the whole time. And then as a parent, when you see a child tease or gossip or name call or, or argue, which is logic and word together, we, we call sin, sin. But we call strength, strength, okay? And we look at them, especially if we've taught them this, and we say, Elizabeth, you're proving again how word smart you've been created to be. But sweetheart, you're not using your words well. Mm. Think about it, sweetheart. We're talking to you about self-control and self-respect and living in community and and giving life to your brother and sister. You're not doing that today. Mm. And we're disappointed. Now, we don't want you to stop talking because it's a gift, but you've got to learn how to use your words well. We have those conversations. But but there are parents who are saying, oh, I've had that conversation. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I was going to say, over timing. over and over and over yeah, again. Yeah, timing is another thing. You can Parents can get weary of saying this is what, you know, being verbally positive means for your mm-hmm. word smart child. Mm-hmm. Um, when can you – don't stop investing in that area, right? Because 13, 14, they, may, they hear you, but they may not – um, deploy the advice, but it doesn't mean it's lost. Absolutely. And children tell me all the time they want parents to speak life over them. A lot of kids are not going to come and say, Daddy, what do you think of this? They're just not, unfortunately. But they still care, even though their be- behavior may not indicate it. It's they more still, passive. Absolutely. But they still value your opinion. They still want to know. Remember what my parents did? They enrolled me in children's theater. They wanted me exposed to other children like me using the gift in a healthy way. So that's another thing to consider. Mentors. Who do you know who's a lawyer, who's a politician? who's a great expositor of scripture, who you have over for dinner to talk to your son about the positive use of this logic smart, word smart, argumentative brain you have. Mm. How do you use that to solve problems? How do you use it to research? And to, you might be the one that creates the tool we need to solve a real issue, but we, we don't want it paralyzed and we don't want you rejected by your peer group because you're so verbose. You know, we have to learn. I've had to learn to listen. (laughs) Those of us who have a lot of word smart and logic smart gifts tend to not like small talk. So I can be out with friends and I consider that we're having small talk and I'm thinking of a powerful question to ask so we can get a bit more serious. I've had to learn to not ask it all the time, Mm. to honor my friends and to just have fun and to talk about things that aren't all that significant, but there's joy there. And I choose to go there. Now I've had to learn to do that and I've watched other people and I've learned to receive the modeling and and be able to have a healthier attitude. Well, and that sounds like where Paul writes about being content in all things. Mm. You're sitting at that table. That applies. Mm, Paul's saying, yeah, be content with the people around you and listen. Mm. And I I like that. You touched on picture smart. Let's move to that one so we can get through uh, the items here. But picture smart um, I think I may have one child that does that. He's very good at art. I don't know that that necessarily connects it, but mm-hmm. is a typically a good 
artist as a child, uh, someone who is picture-oriented? Yes, and it's interesting, Jim, because the smarts never work alone. So someone who is body smart and thinks by movement and touch and has good control of their hand-eye coordination and is also picture smart will often be able to build with clay and maybe watercolor well. Somebody who's just picture smart and isn't as body smart would never do the clay or the crafting Interesting. Okay, so there is art as a component. The other thing that shows up for picture smart kids who think with their eyes in pictures would be fiction and history because they read it and they see it or they hear a lecture and they see it and it gives life to that subject matter. So for that picture smart child who really sees the world that way and communicates that way, what would be some of their character, uh, potential character issues? Judging a book by its cover, meaning judging a person by appearance their eyes are very powerful. They observe and they so think. So nonverbal inputs are maybe weighted too heavily for them? Excellent. And I'm not saying it's irrelevant. I love that you said too heavily because it's not irrelevant. But they would be quick to judge based on what they see. Pornography mm. is wow. a huge sin, obviously. It's so sad, isn't it? How many young yeah. children and people yeah. find that. And what's really tragic is that picture-smart children who find it will find it very appealing Video games that might be very uh, dramatic and violent might actually be very appealing to the picture-smart child because the eyes matter so much. And once they've seen it, they have a very hard time not seeing it. Oh, that's interesting. And the tragedy with pornography, if I can go there, is I've met with people who haven't actively sought porn for a very long time but can still see what they saw and still feel like they're sinning. So that would be a picture-smart oh, person? very much. And this is why we have to help our children guard their eyes with the right boundaries. And we have to be the kind of parents who they can come to and say, Daddy, I saw something. Mm. I have tears in my eyes because it's not their fault that they were attracted to that. Mm. Because if you're picture-smart, you think in pictures, your eyes are your power, not your ears and not your mouth. And it's attractive. And young children who don't know it's sin yet, right? Mm. Yeah, but what a great context to have that parent-child discussion. In fact, when we say this is why this is attractive, this is why, however you want to word it, this is why Satan has you stuck here, this is why this is your sin issue, because the devil wants to take your strengths and damage them and destroy them, diminish them and say to you, you are bad. Mm. And you are not bad because you are picture smart and creative and imaginative and you see things. You are smart in a unique way, but you must be careful and let me help you. This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment. As families continue to self-isolate because of COVID-19, the need for the gospel of Jesus Christ is needed in our homes now more than ever. That's why Focus on the Family is providing a free four-week trial of the Adventures in Odyssey Club where families can listen to the full Odyssey library of over 800 episodes, daily devotions, and more. The sign-up process is easy and no credit card is required. In addition, we have just released a new online streaming service called Focus at Home. Focus at Home brings hours of biblically-based, family-friendly entertainment created by Focus on the Family. Movies and audio adventures, readings of best-selling children's books, biblical lessons straight from the Holy Land, and more. Best of all, this will be free of charge during the COVID-19 crisis. For more resources to help your family thrive in these uncertain times, please visit FocusOnTheFamily.ca. That's FocusOnTheFamily.ca. 
Insurance is all about trust, but what does that word really mean? Hi, I'm Danny Deeks, president of Deeks Insurance. For our team, trust means being honest, being reliable, understanding your needs, safety, and full transparency during the insurance process. To know more about our home and auto insurance coverage, get in touch with your friendly Deeks Insurance Advisor at 1-800-240-5283 or visit deeksinsurance.ca now and experience a company you can count on. Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming. Uh, Kathy, let me let me ask you this. Um, we've covered a handful of these now, and Music Smart to me is a no-brainer. Especially for a teenager, it seems like all teenagers are music smart beyond their parents' ability. Uh, what's happening there? Why is music smart um, a gift? Many of his parents might think it's not so much a gift. Great question again. I think it's been awakened earlier because music is everywhere on apps that buzz and bebop, on video games and websites, and just the, it's the pervasive. Music. It is pervasive. And so their ease of access would activate that part of the brain earlier and cause children to gravitate there. What I think is happening, Jim, is there's a lot of interest, there's not necessarily a lot of ability. Uh, intelligences always start with interest. They will only be flamed into or fanned into ability when the interest is affirmed, when the children are maybe given private lessons, they're taken to concerts, they're um, introduced again to mentors possibly who sing well or, or use music to edify the Lord. So it's a powerful, powerful thing. I'm actually very concerned about children who idolize music who idolize musicians, who think it's easy, who are allowed to keep pods in their ears and ignore the people. And that would be a very negative attribute. For, I'm very music smart. I went to the university. I went to to march in the band. I have no music on my phone because I know my boundaries. And I don't want to go there. I, I don't put oh, pods, interesting. I don't put pods in my ear. In airports, and airplanes, nowhere. Uh, my choice. I'm not saying that that's right for everyone. But I want to invest in people. That's really fascinating. You know, when I, when I was a teenager in high school, I never listened to music. It didn't appeal to me. In college, I never listened. Uh, but now I listen to more Christian music, a lot of Christian music, and I enjoy it. Third Day is a great mm-hmm. uh, band that I like. And uh, But back when I was a kid, I could care less. I was into sports in school. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I would actually look down a little bit on people that were so into music that they, they couldn't do other things. What's interesting about that is it's proof that the brain can be awakened at any time. So I believe your boys awakened more of that music smart than you. Oh, that could be. Raising boys, they're older, they're teenagers, they're into music, they're coming to you and saying, Dad, you like this song? And so by choice, to interact with, to engage, to connect, to be empowered with your boys, God used them to awaken that part of your brain. And now you enjoy music often. Yeah. You know, Kathy, um, last time we were together, you talked about the science behind this. And uh, I want to make a comment here that I think you would agree with. There's research out there in uh, academic circles where the brain is pliable at an early age. Six to 12, I think, is kind of the range, where if you don't get exposure to tone Mm -hmm. and foreign language, you actually will struggle as an older child after 12 years old to gain a sense of tone and to be able to do foreign language more easily. Is that, am I hearing that correctly when I read that literature? Is it that short a period of time that the human brain, I mean, it begins to harden, as I remember reading the literature, that your brain is pliable and at about age 12, it begins to harden, literally. It does. We, we have until age 25 
for total brain development, which is either really encouraging or really discouraging. <laughs> Depends <laughs> on, on the age. Day. Of your kids, How old right? are your children? Yes. Right. So if you have a twenty-five and a half year old, you're really sad, right? But now. that's fascinating. It is fascinating. This is why we should never give up. But the thing that's so cool is that for young children, you're correct. They have an easier time with learning different things because their brain is more pliable and habits haven't been set in and they haven't received messages from the culture that have said, you can't do that. Well, we even say that kid is soaking up stuff mm. like a sponge. We right. have it, we say that. We do. The good news is that the brain is pliable and can be developed through effort. It will take more effort and perseverance as you age, but it's still possible. And I think if we're motivated because it's a connection factor, we'll be able to do it. Kathy, last time we covered Body Smart, and again, if you missed it, uh, get the download, uh, but we didn't touch on the character challenges of a Body Smart child. So what would the the character challenges be for that kinetic, body-smart child who's moving a lot and learns by being active. Touching everything, even though they've been told not to. Um, (laughs) Touching sisters, you know, touching everything in the museum. Um, And kicking and punching and forcing their way to the front of the line because they can make their body do that. Using their body as their power, forcefulness. And then self-smart? How about self-smart? Self-smart kids crave quiet and peace and do a lot of thinking alone. They become very opinionated because they've thought deeply about things. Deeper so, than anybody else. So yes. they can be a little egotistical about egotistical, that as well. The lack of teachability, pride in their thoughts. Now, all of us, pride can enter into all of these. But for the self-smart mind, it is often that they don't share. Their opinions matter. And they can become bossy and argumentative in that regard, especially right. if they're also logic and word smart. And uh, people smart. You have that one. People smart's interesting. What, what is that? You know, people, smart people, think well with other people, but they also have an ability to, to, to read body language. So we're the ones who can determine if you're mad, happy, sad, or glad. So without walk, a word. Without a word. So we walk toward a dad to ask for a favor, and you have no written all over your body, and so we turn around. Right. And then the dad is like, can I help you? And the kid is like, no, because <laughs> I want you to say yes, and you're going to say no. So we have a strength to observe and respond appropriately, but that also means we have the ability to manipulate you. And or to motivate. So the strength would be to motivate and to see you sad and to love on you or to see you frazzled and take advantage of that by knowing that you're weak. And so we get you to do something that otherwise you wouldn't have done. And so that's a negative use of that people smart ability. So that's people smart. That combination of things. Let's touch on that um, because you're right in saying that you're not one thing. You know, this isn't a personality profile test. You, mm-hmm. You've got all of this. It's a matter of developing it. Can a person actually be really smart in all eight smarts? Absolutely. I think if you're raised eclectically, the earlier they're awakened, the greater the likelihood they're a strength for a lifetime. If you parent well when children are young, they'll have a greater aptitude for all eight. And then if they've been exposed to a variety of people and a variety of experiences, a variety of toys, a variety of books, all of that matters in the awakening process. So yes, it's possible. It's not necessary though. So I don't want anyone to listen and go, I have to go and get smarter in this way. Be who you've been created to be and accept who you are. I think that's really important. What about the parents who are saying, wow, okay, my kids now are 15, 16, 17, and you're going, I had no clue this is how it was all working. Now it's making sense to me my, why my people smart child has been demonstrating this behavior mm-hmm. his or her entire life. Mm-hmm. How do they back up and connect with that more thoughtful, almost adult 
oriented older child now to say, hey, let's talk about this. This is fascinating. What I heard today, I'm focused on the family. That's exactly what I would love for them to do, to be mature and to treat the child as more mature and to have the respectful conversation. I've learned something about you. I'd love to share it because what we're giving people today is powerful language to explain what they've observed for years. Well, you counsel these kids. Mm -hmm. What do they say to you when you open this window for them and they go, Ah, now I know why I am the way I am. I've had picture smart and music smart children say to me, Dr. Kathy, I knew I was talented and creative and artistic, but I didn't know I was smart. I thought my brother was the smart one. Jim, Uh. it changes their whole perspective on the giftings and on their tomorrows. I've had people smart children raise their hand to say, I can make my dad say yes when he should have said no. And then I say, don't ever be proud of that again. And there's whoom instant silence, and then there's tears as they recognize that a strength has been used in a negative way. I've had self-smart children and self-smart moms and dads come to me and go, now I understand why I have to isolate some time. I'm not lonely. I'm not alone. I'm not bad. I'm not negative. I'm self-smart, and I need time, and it is okay. I no longer feel like I'm a slow thinker. I'm a reflective person. Identity controls behavior, and language is powerful, and this gives life to people. That's why I'm so grateful to be here. Kathy, we're right at the forefront of a new school year. It's leaning toward that logic smart, word smart child. Mm -hmm. You might have a child that's not as well-developed in that area, Uh, In a few weeks now, they may not do that well on an exam. You're going to start to worry. They got the D, maybe the F, and you're panicking, and you start putting pressure on that child. Come on, you got to study more. I mean, I'm speaking a bit of experience Mm -hmm. here. How do we embrace that child for how God has made them, not let them get away with being lazy, but how do we balance all that? It's a great question because that's the question of the age. I know when I do this in a live training, that's why they come. We need to accept them for who they are and know that they're not stupid. They're smart differently. We need to believe that they can become smarter in word and logic. If your kid is in the type of a school where it's a very word and logic smart school, get the book and support Focus on the Family and read those chapters and look for my ideas about how to help them study. Jim, don't tell them to study. Help them study. You know, buy the magnetic letters for the refrigerator and let them make their spelling words there. Let them do things creatively and differently at the same time that you say, look, you're music smart. Let's put it to a rhythm. Hey, you're people smart. I know that because I listened to this broadcast. It was revolutionary. You're people smart. Come study with me. Ask me questions. Let's talk together about it and learn together. And I need to say that if you want your kids to accept who they are, You have to accept who they are. You have to. They're God's creative miracle, uniquely designed with his intentionality. And it's not always easy. But let me remind you of something we said in the first broadcast, and that is you can do really well in school and not do really well in life. And that's not what we want for our kids. We want them to do well in school and well in life. So all eight matter. (laughs) That's well said. Dr. Kathy Cook Eight Great Smarts, Discover and Nurture Your Child's Intelligences. And uh, I just want to say thanks for being with us. It's been a joy and an honor. And let me suggest that parents buy copies of the book for grandparents, for the teachers of their children. What a better way than to help the people who have authority over your children understand them better. That's and a great a, idea. And a great way to support focus. We've, we've got to be on your side in that way. Well, thanks again for being here. My pleasure.
And as a parent, there's been so much good takeaway from our conversation with Dr. Kathy, and I'm so glad you could join us for this discussion about her book, Eight Great Smarts, which really will take you deeper into the different intelligences that we've talked about here and help you really awaken and strengthen those smarts in your child. Ask for that and a CD or get the download of our conversation at focusonthefamily.ca or when you call 800-A-FAMILY. And I'll remind you that we're listener-supported and need your financial help, so please uh, make a generous contribution when you get in touch. Again, focusonthefamily.ca or 800-A-FAMILY. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller, hoping you have a great weekend and inviting you back on Monday as we once more help you and your family thrive in Christ.